Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galanti along with Andrew P. Shea. Andy, first off, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family and also to all our listeners. Yep, happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Boy, did it come up fast this year or is it coming up faster and faster every year on us? It just seems like all of a sudden you turn around and it's like, oh, it's Thanksgiving again. So, but a happy Thanksgiving to you, your family and, all, and everyone out there. Thank you for being part of the KSN family. Andy, the reason why it goes faster for you is because you've turned into an old man. I wasn't going to say it, but... Uh, is it just me, or could we use the word we have turned into old men? <laughs> it's we. It's we. Okay. All right. Let's, let's move on from the old man talk. Let's talk some football, Andy. The news this week, we're getting closer and closer to the end of the season. Penn State searching for that 10-2 and two season, hopefully a top-10 ranking. However, with the college football playoff rankings came out, They were still at number 11. The significance of that, though, they were behind LSU, Alabama, and Tennessee. The reason why I point out those three teams is when you talk New Year's Six Bowl, it's Big Ten versus Southeast Conference in a lot of this conversation. At, uh, if Penn State doesn't go to the Rose Bowl, which we would need Ohio State and Michigan both to go to the playoffs for that to happen, it then becomes a pecking order. The top Southeast Conference team will go to leftover after the playoffs will go to the Sugar Bowl. Then the Orange Bowl takes the next top, and then the Cotton Bowl takes the next one. And right now it looks like with LSU, Alabama, and Tennessee all ahead of Penn State, hello Citrus Bowl, right? Yeah, it is. It is. It feels so. There's two scenarios that strike me. It feels like Citrus Bowl and a non- New Year's Six. Penn State remaining at number 11 after some of the things that happened last week kind of tells me that the college football playoff committee is not necessarily a fan of Penn State or the Big Ten this year, per se, uh, as, a, as a general rule. And, you know, something tells me that the Rose Bowl is, is, is the Rose Bowl and Citrus Bowl feel almost as kind of likely. Like, can USC navigate Notre Dame and a Pac-12 championship game and keep winning and scoring a ton of points and not being able to defend and win football games and be a one-loss team that makes it in the college football playoffs? If they lose a game, that, that sort of makes it more difficult for the college football playoff committee not to take Ohio State and Michigan. But they're... USC is a linchpin in all of this. And if they take both of them, then Penn State, a 10 and 2 Penn State team goes to the Rose Bowl. If USC kind of finds its way through and navigates and becomes part of the college football playoff, and the loser of Michigan and Ohio State is on the outside looking in, it feels like Citrus Bowl to me. So it's very interesting. Um, I, I, the three SEC schools, they, they love the SEC kind of as they should and they should not be a fan of the Big Ten 
I agree kind of as well. I think they're a big fan, a little bit too much of a fan of the Pac-12. I think there's way too much Pac-12 in the top 25. It's like it is a whole bunch of the same thing. And how the heck Oregon is ahead of Penn State to me at this point absolutely blows my mind. And it's kind of ticks me off a little bit because it's like, are you staying up committee and watching the Pac-12 play football or are you just catching clips and, and taking what you want? Really, honestly. I mean, I watch college football and I watch a lot of it, but I watch too much of it probably, but I love it. And I'm watching it and I'm like, there are four or five teams in the Pac-12 that all could be number five or number six right now, honestly. Or you could have them sprinkled throughout. It is very level, but it's not elite. It's level, but not elite. So how Oregon's ahead of Penn State right now, is that one bothered me a little bit. Well, but that's not necessarily the factor in, in affecting uh, Penn State's bowl status. And it's hard to argue, does Penn State have any quality wins where the LSUs, Alabama, and Tennessees do? Let's move on, Andy. Uh, we did get a bit of an injury update from James Franklin this week. It appears, and we suspect this, all the rumors were that Parker Washington had some kind of lower leg injury. And although James Franklin didn't confirm what the injury um, was, he did say Parker Washington would be done for the season. Not a surprise, I don't think, to anyone. But he did mention, and it was a little surprising to hear this, that uh, Joey Porter Jr. and Olu Fashanu could, could be back this season and possibly even this weekend. That surprises me a bit. Both of those guys are projected to be first-round picks. We'll talk about it more in quarter number two. But that's the injury update. Do you, how important is it for Porter and Fashionu to for this Penn State team going up against Michigan State? So, I mean, they've, you know, you could say that the 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 last two guys, you know, Olu and and Joey Porter Jr. are, they're the two highest. NFL prospects on Penn State roster. They're two of Penn State's, you know, top three or four best players on their football team. And it's almost like they're not missing to a degree. Like, you know they're not out there, but the product on the field doesn't show a hole that they're not out there. And that's not easy to do, Jimmy. So that is the way I look at it is like, there's no reason to push these guys back if your overall your production as a team isn't suffering not even a little bit, but almost hardly none at all. You, Yeah, do you want them out there because they're elite players? Yeah, but if they're 50-50, 60-40, 70-30, no, because the product overall isn't suffering because of their absence. So it speaks to Penn State's depth on two levels, but it also speaks to how well they're playing as overall complementary as a football team, a little bit of offense, some special teams, and some really, really good defense. But Parker Washington is missed, right? Like, it's clear in the Rutgers game that not having, you know, sort of that guy to running routes out there because he's an outstanding route runner and he sort of sets the table and clears a lot offensively in the route running of Penn State's route tree on particular plays, he sets the table. He's absolutely rock solid. 
He's a good pass catcher. He's good after the catch. You know, he's been around for three years. He's a veteran savvy guy. Does it leave a big hole? No. But is it a more noticeable hole than than Olu and Joey Porter Jr. being out? I thought so in, in that respect that you can just tell that they missed his being an option on the field. But, you know, they scored 55 points. Now I get it. They had defensive touchdowns and special team touchdowns. But they still, complimentary-wise, they still rolled it up. And, you know, he is definitely done for the year. And now he has a tough decision to make. And we are going to talk about that in quarter number two. And I'm in agreement with you that Parker Washington, I think, is the guy that that's missed. And the question then becomes, who among the young receivers is the guy who you're looking to step up? Trey Wallace, uh, you know, Liam Clifford, Omari Evans. I think it's a mo- to me it's a monster mash. It's a it's a. There, I gave you an old school reference. Um, it's just a mix of whatever they think is the th- is the best for that particular scenario and, and what the game plan is. And they're going to mix and match and throw them because they're not going to be number one targets. Like Parker Washington was a guy that you ran specific sets and plays where he was the clear number one target, right? You don't have that now. So you kind of have to mix and match. That's why it's so noticeable because you kind of have to mix and match and they're going to take the little strengths that they've been able to identify for those guys that, that are getting some snaps on the field and just kind of use them in specific scenarios, like the little flair to, you know, to, to Liam Clifford, you know, how many times have those two thrown that pass to each other, you know, being brothers, you know, it's countless, right? They've thrown it in their backyard as they said on TV, but that's a strength. That's something they know they can do. Um, I don't think you look even in the Michigan State game and into the bowl game for a go-to guy. You look at how can they still make this offense function with the strong running game and make these guys part of the mix while Keandre Lambert-Smith, you know, and I think the tight ends, the tight ends, the tight ends, the pass-catching abilities of the tight ends becomes a little bit more of an elevated role in this offense now for me. There's no doubt that we did see more um, multiple tight end formations this past week, although we've been seeing that all season. So it, it's it's nice to know that that option is there for them. Now we talk about at the uh, offensive line, uh, you don't just replace uh, – Olu with a true freshman in Drew Shelton without having some hiccups. We saw more of that this past week against Rutgers. We saw some of those hiccups. Now, James Franklin has stated we could be seeing him back, uh, meaning Fashionu, back this week. And conceivably, they had also had to shuffle their red shirts. Interesting statistic. Andy, from that Rutgers game, is that four out of five of the offensive linemen in a blowout played every single snap. It was only Bryce Effner who got a break at right tackle. So now, though, by uh, distributing the workload, they have uh, Vega Ioane available for two more games. They have J.B. Nelson available for at least one more game without burning a red shirt, and the possibility of 
Olu, and maybe even Caden Wallace, who's the one guy that doesn't seem to get mentioned, coming back. So what they clearly told you in the Rutgers game, that they were they were going to protect these red shirts at all costs. I mean, it's a 55-point game. It was a blowout from early, middle, third quarter on, and they kept those guys in because their choice was to protect the red shirts. They've managed it magically. They've done it very well, and they had to push because those were the 6th, 7th, and 8th offensive linemen. That's the end of their depth chart. And with that said, they protected some red shirts, but they used up Drew Shelton's red shirt. Not a surprise there. The guy's not going to stay for five years anyway. All right, Andy, that's it for quarter number one in the news. Quarter number two, we'll look a little bit deeper into who's going to play come the final game and the bowl game. Stick around for that. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galanti, along with Andrew P. Shea. This is quarter number two, brought to you by the good folks at New Trail Brewing Company. They brew their beer right here in central Pennsylvania and deliver it fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. As I always tell you, your biggest dilemma is which of their great variety are you going to select? Tell you what, Andy, it's the last home game of the year, last chance to tailgate. Make sure you stop at W.R. Hickey as you get into town. Find your favorite new trail beer. 
you won't regret it. You'll be the hero of your tailgate. Trust me on that one. All right, Andy, let's get to it. We mentioned this in quarter number one, and we got an update on some of the injured players for Penn State. Olu Fashionu, Joey Porter Jr., Parker Washington. Interestingly enough, these three players are three players that have their future to think about and think about playing on Sundays. So there's an extra variable for them on whether they should get back on the field or not. And I think college coaches in general, James Franklin specifically, has to respect that. And I believe he does. It leads to the question, we've had this for several weeks now with uh, Fashnu and Joey Porter Jr., the question was, would we actually even see them in a Penn State uniform again where the injury may just be, I hate to use the word excuse, but maybe just another reason that you're not in the college football playoffs. How important is it to play in that bowl game? Let's go through these guys one at a time. Let's start with Joey Porter Jr., who was, the information was released that he had appendicitis. Um, you know, looking it up should only be a few weeks. You get the feeling he could conceivably play this week against Michigan State and definitely be at least health-wise available for the bowl game, right? Yeah, that's it's three to four weeks generally. If they were playing, say, Ohio State or Michigan and there was a college football playoff bid on the line per se, you might we might be singing a different song when it comes to Joey Porter Jr. right uh, and probably Olu as well but it's Michigan State it's possibly a New Year's Six Bowl more likely it seems they could be going to the Citrus Bowl so have they played their last game I think Joey Porter Jr. has played his last game at Penn State or at least in my opinion he probably should there he doesn't He's a top 10 draft prospect, like not top 10 in his position, like top 10 overall potentially. I mean, even if he's healthy, okay, maybe he does sort of the Saquon Barkley farewell tour for a game or in the bowl game, a few snaps here or there, that's it. But there is absolutely nothing, nothing that will impact his draft stock that he can put on tape at the collegiate level anymore. Not playing another quarter, not playing another season, not playing another down. Nothing is going to impact his draft stop. The next stop should him for him, in my opinion, should be the NFL Combine. He's a first-round pick all the way at one of the three most important positions in the NFL. You can't jeopardize that in any way, shape, or form. They The same way they kind of did it with Saquon Barkley when he was a lock to be a top-10 pick as a running back, it's different for Joey Porter Jr. because he's at a more high-profile position. Cornerback is one of the top three most important positions in the NFL. I've seen several mock drafts that have him going inside the top 10. He's definitely one of the top corners, if not the corner, you know, cornerback one on the draft board for a lot of NFL programs. So... He got appendicitis, it cut the end of his career short. I, I just don't see a value proposition for him stepping out on the field other than to do a little farewell tour, maybe. Each one of these players is going to be a little different with each yep. one of the variables. 
you know, I think Joey Porter Jr., the first variable is his specific injury. That's not going to affect his draft status at all. It's not nope. a knee. It's not an ankle. He's going to be 100%. I think also his draft status is pretty much locked in no matter what. And But I do believe you mentioned Saquon Barkley. The thing about him, and there was this was when they were just beginning to skip bowl games at that time. But he was playing the running back position, which makes you very vulnerable to injury. When you had, uh, with Joey Porter Jr., I don't think cornerback has that same risk of injury. The fact that James Franklin said, oh, he may even be playing this weekend, tells me maybe, maybe not. If he does play this weekend against Michigan State, my feeling is it will be in a rotation. Not sure how many snaps we're going to see him because there's a lot of depth at cornerback. And then for the bowl game, the same deal. If he does play, I don't think he'll play a lot of snaps. Um, fortunately for Penn State, they are equipped to play that game without him. Parker Washington, okay, the announcement has now been made. He's going to be out. You know, again, rumor has it, lower leg injury, ankle, foot, something like that, and he'll be out. The question becomes more than for him, Andy, if he will suit up again for this team next year. Right. What is his draft status this year? And will this kind of injury affect him? Will affect his draft status? And if it's the kind of injury that might involve surgery or he's not going to be 100% for the combine, or even he's not 100% to work out in the offseason to prepare for the combine, I would think it would make most sense for him to actually come back in 23. I think he has a tough decision, right? The coming off the injury is a tough one. Um, And I'm not sure how much of an impact that will have on the decision. Does he get, how much does that impact his draft stock status but so my question is he's played three full seasons so he's experienced is there another level for him to go to and I'm not sure there is he's he's like in the lower half of the top 20 at his position in this draft class he's just outside the top 50 overall he's an he's a he's a good punt returner as well so he has special teams value at the next level in terms of a roster spot that is important Um, running after the catch and route running at the college level are his strengths. There's less room to roam on an NFL NFL field after the catch. So for Parker comes down to what does the impact of the injury have? And does another year help him in any way, shape or form? And I'm not sure it does, Jimmy. I think this is just, he is the receiver who he is. and, And I don't know if another year helps him. Will it make a difference having Drew Aller as a quarterback next year where Parker Washington could be a clear number one, could get targeted more often, and again, not to throw Sean Clifford under the bus, but his accuracy on deep throws, just even his accuracy overall sometimes, and because Parker Washington is going to miss a few games, He's not piling up numbers either. A 
top 10 Penn State team next year that's a contender for the playoffs, and you're that number one wide receiver with potentially a really good quarterback, might that tilt the decision a bit to come back? That's why I said right from the beginning, I think Parker Washington, he has a really tough decision to make. It's a really tough one from a lot of angles. There's a lot of variables in it for him. Let's get to Olu Fashanu. Again, each one of these guys is a different situation. We always talk about if players decide to skip a bowl, if they decide to um, declare for the NFL draft. It's an individual decision, and each one has their own variables. Now, Fashanu, you see there's a couple places where he's listed as a top 10 in the draft type player. Yep. Offensive tackle, playing left tackle, that important position. But... He's also very young for his grade. He has not started in college football until this season, and with this injury, only has a handful of starts. And, Andy, you know, and this is in the conversation with T. Frank from earlier in this week, he talked about, you know what, very few, very few tackles come out early at his age and excel in the NFL. So it may be more of a conversation with him, not is he physically ready off his injury to play Michigan State and the bowl game, but is he thinking about playing Sundays? That's his issue. Yeah, it's he's he he literally came out of nowhere. I mean, think about it, Jimmy. He had eighty five snaps prior to this season. And now he's gone from being on nobody's NFL draft board to being in the top 100 overall, top three or five at his position, and somewhat pushing for the OT1 crown in this draft class. To be that young and inexperienced and perform at that position at this level, as you said, T. Frank mentioned, that's unheard of. I mean, in 299 snaps that he played this year, zero snaps, zero sacks, one quarterback hit, one, and less than 10 quarterback hurries over the season, if you go back and look at it, you look at the Auburn tape, you go back and watch him against Auburn. Some of his shortcomings and immaturities were showing up. Then you fast forward to the Michigan tape. Yeah, I know Penn State got boat raced by Michigan, but you watch you watch Olu in that game. He was wrecking Michigan NFL hopefuls along that defensive line, and he held his own a couple weeks you know, against Ohio State. And Jimmy, he's 19. He's 19 years old, and he's cleaning up. So does he go early? Does he come back? Wow. I really literally have no idea, Jimmy, because it's all so fresh and new, and it's such a small body of work. Is a small body of work enough, or does he need more? It it looks like the talent says he doesn't need any more but could he step in on an NFL field and start right away as a top first-round pick or an early second-round pick? Man, I don't know about that. If 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 his draft stock is at that point where he's going to be the top half of the first round, it would be hard for me to tell him not to go, Andy. You know, yep. that's, that's money, generational money, and it's the kind of thing where he's now injured. He knows he's vulnerable. We'll see what happens. Andy, that is it for quarter number two. 
Get ready, quarter number three. We're going to take your questions and we're going to ask Andy. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands, as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching the game with friends or by the campfire, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. New Trail's Hoppy Pack is an absolute crowd pleaser. Packed with four different hoppy beers, it's sure to please everyone. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results. Located right here in State College, we specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results. Dot com or give us a call at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number three. That means it's time to ask Andy. I'm Jim Galanti. He is the aforementioned Andrew P. Shea. He's all ready to answer your questions. If you want to ask a question of Andy, make sure you download our app, Keystone Sports. You'll see the Ask Andy button there. Send in your question at the end of the segment. Andy's going to pick out the very best question, and they will receive the KSN polo. Andy, are you ready? I am ready, Jimmy. Fire away. Let's go. Between segments, I warned you, Andy, this first question, it's kind of a quiz. I didn't cheat and tell you what it's about, although I researched it myself. Let's go with Kent from Raleigh who says, Hey, guy, really, guys, really enjoy the show and your knowledge. I have a question that's non-Penn State question, general football question. Did you see the end of the TCU game? TCU was out of timeouts, bringing the kicking team on to try and attempt the winning field goal with 16 seconds left. I understand the rule allows the defense then the opportunity to bring in the appropriate players after the offense makes a change. Could the defense have taken their time getting out on the field and let the clock run out, not giving them that opportunity to kick the field goal, Andy. I, when I was, did I watch it? Yes. 
because I thought TCU was going to lose for sure. Um, did I ever think of that? No, I never thought of that scenario of the substitution and players coming in and coming out and halting the game to give the opposing defense. Is there a different rule for special teams? Maybe I don't know. So you're, that would be my question. You're on the right track, Andy. Let me tell you my research. Since the question came in from Kent, I had to look it up because the situation is typically if the offense makes any substitutions, right. the the official will stop will stop the offense from snapping the ball until Correct. the defense gets their opportunity to make a substitution. And looking it up, the general rule is if there's a play clock runs out, play clock violation because the offense was late making their substitutions and they didn't allow enough time for the defense, the offense would get penalized and the clock would keep running. However, here is the exception to the rule. When at when a offense is in an obvious kick a field goal at the end of either the half or the game comes All up, right. it is supposed to be obvious to the defense that they need to get their uh, field goal defense into the game. So it's not a case where they have to wait to react to the offense. So the official is not going to stand over the ball and not let the offense snap. So it's actually a bit of a judgment call for the uh, official to change that a little bit. Say instead of 15 seconds left on the clock, there were like 30 or 45 seconds, and it was fourth and one. And there's a question whether the offense is going to go for it or not. And say the offense, they... Uh, take their time, they don't get their kicking team out there immediately, and then they run their field goal unit on, then the official would keep the offense from snapping the ball, right. giving the defense time to get on the field, and if the play clock runs out, too bad for the offense. So that's the actual rule, and it took me a while to research it, Andy. So it makes sense because that was an obvious running to kick a field goal situation with the clock for TCU. And that explains both teams knew the rule, including Baylor, which meant that's why for both sides, it looked like organized chaos with the running in and out because neither team knew the game was going to be stopped because of the exception to the rule. That's fascinating. Well done, Kent. Interesting question. I never thought of that when I was watching it. <laughs> Very good question. I've wondered about that during the normal play. And what it has to be is the offense has to allow the defense a reasonable amount of time to react to their substitution. So Correct. if you think of it in terms of, you know, you have your running team versus passing team on offense. If you wait till the clock is down to 10 seconds to make your substitution... Guess what? The official's going to stop you from snapping right. the ball and wait for the defense. And if the clock runs out, that's clock on you out. on the defense. Very interesting, Kent. All right, let's go to, uh, let's see. How about Jason in State College who says, not to get ahead of things, 
But what position do you think James Franklin will be shopping for during the offseason in the portal? Uh, offensive line, offensive line, and offensive line. Anything, any help he can get in the offensive line through the transfer portal in the offseason is going to help them. And I don't mean he necessarily is looking for starters, Jason. I don't, I mean, you, you find a guy that's coming from a group of five or, you know, an NF, FCS program that you think can start great or a junior college guy, but I think they're looking for, you know, eight, nine, 10, you know, the guys that are in those spots, set maybe even seven, you know, I, I think with what you could possibly lose and what you might have coming back, that they need to continue to build more depth there. I mean, the fact that they're razor thin on depth and it's holding up like this is a testament to the to the coaching of Phil Troutwine and to the players themselves in 2022. But that's a razor thin line that they don't want to have to necessarily deal with on a emergency basis like they had to this year. You want to have a little more developed depth. So to me, good question, Jason. It's offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. I'm going to counter a little bit there, Andy. I think some of that on the offensive line depends on, Do remember we had Hunter Norzad announce he was coming back. He's coming back. Is Caden Wallace coming back? Is Sal Warmly coming back? Is Juice Scruggs coming back? Is Fashionu coming back? Landon All Tank. of those guys have That's decisions. Major. They have decisions to make right. that will uh, factor into the depth of this team uh, on offensive line. I'm going to throw a couple out to you. How about wide receiver, especially if Parker Washington does decide to leave? Mitchell Tinsley is done. Yes, there's numbers there among the youngsters, but none of them have stepped up. I could see them. You know, you could attract a wide receiver who could be a starter for this team. And a little bit different, might they try to bring in running back depth? We know we've got two guys who are the starters, but what do we have beyond that? And the one freshman you're bringing in this year is coming off off knee surgery, Andy. So I wouldn't be surprised if they brought in a backup running back. Let's move on. Let's see. Um, Okay, let's go to Gary in Johnstown. He says, other than calling it a New Year's Six Bowl game, why would we want to go to the Cotton Bowl to play an unexciting Group of Five team versus, I guess, going to the Citrus Bowl and playing a Southeast Conference team? Yeah, no, you wouldn't. You don't want to go to the Cotton Bowl and... Go to, have to go to Texas and play a, a group of five team over playing a Southeast Conference team in the Citrus Bowl. I mean, ideally, if you beat Michigan State and finish 10-2, and two, you, and you're the third team in the Big Ten, you should be a New Year's Six Bowl team. The Big Ten has hurt Penn State this year in the fact that the Big Ten's so mediocre, right? So, and Penn State doesn't have a quote-unquote marquee win. They're just... They're just killing cats, right? Like they should. So they're kind of being punished a little bit for that. Their fan base, for their fans' perspective, they want to go to Florida in January and be warm and play a team from the SEC. They don't want to go to Texas and play a group of five team. That's, 
You're 100% right on that, Gary. Like, why would you want to go to the Cotton Bowl? You don't. Just to be a New Year's Six team, you want to go to the Rose Bowl. You want, you'd like a scenario where you could go to the Rose Bowl. Still, traveling to California is tough, but the Rose Bowl's the Rose Bowl. But if you, if, if, if I'm Penn State and I'm given the choice, you can go to the Cotton Bowl or you can go to the Citrus Bowl. One's a New Year's Six, one's not. I'm wanting to go to the Citrus Bowl. I want to play an SEC team. I think a lot of fans would agree with that. All right, let's go to Sammy in Wilkesbury. says, love the show, guys. Thank you, Sammy. Andy, what do you think are the chances that Manny Diaz will leave to take a head coaching job after this season? Who? Um, that is a really good question, Sammy. So is, is Manny Diaz still attractive as a head coach? In some respects, yes. Has he put in enough time after sort of his, you know, after his time at Miami where it did not end well at all? And look what Miami's doing this year. But, um, yeah, not good. Even worse than last year. Um, that sort of tells you a little bit about Manny Diaz. He is going to be attractive. Because he's gone back to being a coordinator, and he's absolutely killing it. So he's a really good football coach. He is going to be a very attractive candidate, not for a marquee job, per se, Jimmy, but for a, you know, sort of a second-level, next tier of a conference-type job that's at some big school somewhere. His name is definitely going to be included. It should be, at least. I'm not going to predict that it will be. It should be because if you've watched him coach defense this year, you've seen his chops as a coach. And that's just not as a coordinator. I think he is a qualified head coaching candidate. So simple answer is, yeah, it's going to be hard to hold on to Manny Diaz, I think, this offseason. I think he'll come back for one more year. And I think there's also, like, things going trends. The couple big-name defensive coordinators, Brent Pry, Venables, who went to Oklahoma, Virginia Tech for Pry, haven't done all that well. Correct. Again, those things go in cycles. Let's sneak one in real quick here, Andy. Um, Dennis from Kingston. Andy, I know many are calling for Drew Aller to start over Clifford to prep for next season. I say Aller should start because he is the better quarterback right now. Am I crazy? You are crazy. I think at this particular moment, the best chance for Penn State to win games is when the ball's in Sean Clifford's hands. But you're not wrong about Drew Aller possibly being the better quarterback a little bit. But you want you want to finish the 10-game win. You want your quarterback to be Sean Clifford. All right, that's it for Ask Andy. Stick around. Quarter number four, we'll name our winner. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. 
It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. I'm Jim Galanti along with Andy Shea. Andy, it's that time. Previewing our last regular season game. You were talking earlier about time going fast when it's Thanksgiving again. I say time goes fast during football season. It seems like we just started this season. And here we are wrapping up the regular season. Yeah. Penn State is at home with Michigan State. It's an 18-and-a-half-point spread over under at 53 points. Let's talk about Michigan State. This was a team with Mel Tucker at coach last year in 21. Big season for them, huge year for them. Uh, Mel Tucker gets rewarded with a huge contract. And lo and behold, he, of course, rewards the Spartan faithful with a five and six record so far. Definitely so, worth the $9 million per year investment. And the bonuses they paid for the bowl game and all of that stuff. Before <laughs> we do that, Jimmy, let's announce our winner. Of I forgot. You know what, Andy? Talk about getting old. A senior moment. I already forgot. Go ahead. Give us the winner. Glad you're here to remind me. Jason from State College asking about Penn State's priority in the transfer portal. Good question. Got Jimmy and I chatting in different directions and disagreeing a little bit. You are our winner this week. Congratulations. Very good, Jason, among several good questions. All right, let's get back to Michigan State. Okay, so, yeah, you set it up kind of like my first thing is, don't forget Michigan State beat Penn State last year when the Nittany Lions were stumbling home, right? They were struggling down the stretch. Sparty was rolling into the, you know, into their bowl game and having a great season. I just want to put that out there. James won't forget that. And it was a crazy type game. It was like the teams were going in opposite directions. 
And the game played out that way because Penn State did plenty, had plenty of elements in the table in that game where you could have made a strong case that, you know, they kind of could have won this game pretty, they could have won that game. It was definitely a game that they had their mitts around. And the fact that teams are going in different directions this time of year matters. And Penn State is going one direction now and Sparty is going the opposite. Don't forget that Penn State's at home too. That is always a factor um, in this game as well. And yes, Penn State has a 10-win season on the line, a 10-win regular season. And, oh, Michigan, by the way, Michigan State is trying to become bowl eligible, but you get kind of get the feeling that they don't really care. Like, that's it's the season's gone, and whether they're bowl eligible or not, for some programs that matters. But I don't think after the 2021 season that being 5-6 and six and going into your last game and saying, we're playing for a bowl bid has – Michigan State's program, its players, or its fans fired up in any way, shape, or form. So that's just my initial take on sort of where these teams are right now. It's a flip of the script from last year. Can Penn State write the final ending in the same way? You know, Andy, and I've mentioned this a few times this week, that Michigan State was one of those games that was in my toss-up before the season started. I didn't have it under the win category or the loss category. It was one of those toss-up games. And I said at the time, which Michigan State would we see? Would it be another one of those 9-10 win teams that is riding high, or would it be just the opposite? And it would not surprise me if it was that opposite way. Well, that is what we have. And I've read some things this week about they will have the incentive of trying to be eligible for a bowl game. Well, if that was so important to them, how about at home last week when you have like a three-score lead on Indiana? Indiana, Andy. Indiana in the second half, and you can't close the door. That, to me, told me I don't think this Michigan State team is looking to put up a huge fight this week. I think that is part of it. Now, with that said, it's not an untalented team. Correct. They have... A veteran quarterback, Peyton Thorne, yep. putting up, you know, respectable numbers, 63% completion, 18 TDs, 10 interception. Jalen Berger, the transfer running back from Wisconsin, a nice 4.7 yard per carry average, a good name at wide receiver and Jaden Reed. These are yep. familiar names, Andy. And remember, they also beat Wisconsin and won at Illinois. Correct. So it's not a team that is completely devoid of talent. No, they don't have miss. They have pieces and elements. They just they struggle to put it together and play any complementary type football for sixty minutes, right? Like uh, Indiana last week. They they like you said, they didn't score a point until overtime from mid third quarter on, and they had yards and first downs and all of these advantages, and they they just couldn't finalize that deal. Their best win was at Illinois, but that was because Illinois played the type of game that Michigan State can play in and sort of wobble its way through for 60 minutes without putting it all together because it's low scoring and really close and tight to the best. The difference in this in in this game when Michigan State's going to play Penn State is you it's that Penn State defense, right? They are going to put on another show against an offense with elements, but an offense that is not cohesively strong. And what's grabbing me 
as in the later part of the season as Penn State's moving along defensively. So you see that they're fast, right? They're like you keep hearing it on TV and you keep hearing Penn State they're they're they got speed, they got speed, they got speed. Well, yeah, they have pure speed. Like they they single in on Abdul Carter closing on the quarterback two or three times a game because it's ridiculous, right? As they should. And they're showing like defensive backs closing down a catch thing and making a tackle in the open field. There's that speed type stuff, but then there's this overall football fast that is coming through where there's literally nothing available to the opposing offense for long stretches. And that is what the Penn State's defense is doing right now. They've got pure speed, but they're playing so football fast at all three levels that there's just nothing or anything for an offense to look at or go to as a place to look for something positive to happen. They are literally slamming the door on offenses for the better part of, you know, for eight straight quarters and and beyond, you go back to Minnesota, they are literally playing so football fast that the speed is, their pure speed is becoming secondary to me. It's, it is, it is really fun to watch because it's just like this fully functional, fast, furious freight train. And the offenses, even if they're limited, are struggling, even if they're good, are struggling to make a against that kind of defense. It's a big factor in Michigan State. Yeah, they've got some weapons here and there, but you've got to have more than weapons here or there to impact this Penn State defense. All right, Andy, we've kind of reached the point where we just expect really good things from the Penn State defense going into this game. Let's go to the other side, though. Yep. Let's go to the Penn State offense. little shorthanded on the offensive line, shorthanded at wide receiver. Even as they've been playing well over the last several games, there seems to be a tendency to start slow. What is it you're looking for from Penn State in this final regular season game on offense? So they they miss they are going to miss Parker Washington, right? And they're playing with three without three regulars on the offensive line, kind of. You know, they're down to offensive linemen six, seven, and you could argue eight, maybe six is a half and half, but either way, it's a patchwork offensive line. Here's the thing that strikes me, Jimmy, when I when you think about the offense. Penn State averages, you know, 435 yards and 36 points a game through 11 games. But it doesn't feel like that, right? Like you don't, would you say that they're quietly explosive? And I'm like, no, not really. I'd say they're more, they feel, with those kind of numbers, you think that's a functioning offense. I think they're a little clunky offensively, but they also have that capability. Now, without Parker Washington, it changes a little bit. But I also think that Michigan State's defense is just not very good. Right, They give up a ton of points and a ton of yards a game. And I think what my expectation and what I'm looking for out of this Penn State is a solid 30 to 35 points and get to 400, 425 yards. Be what, match the numbers expectation-wise for what you put down this year and do it over four quarters and that defense will carry you home. You just meet them even a third of the way across the room and do a little bit of your part and the defense will take care of the rest. And I think it's incumbent on Penn state's offense in this game to be that because, you know, they, they had 55 points against Rutgers, but they had two defensive touchdowns and Nick Singleton's ridiculous 100 yard kickoff return. 
they did not they looked clunky yeah the running back still did what these young running backs are going to do and that's going to be another factor in this game but cohesively as an offense they just don't feel like they're as explosive as their numbers do and I, I'd like to see them be that a little bit more consistently in this last regular season game. Okay, Andy, let's get to it quickly. Your prediction and bold prediction, and then I'll give you mine. So I, the only path I see to victory for Michigan State is through its offense. And in order to upset Penn State, they have to score 30 points against a defense that has been brutally difficult to not only move the ball against, but score points and get first downs against. 10, 0, 14, okay, 28 to Ohio State in the fourth quarter. 17 points. Those are That's the points they're giving up on a consistent basis. I struggle to see how Michigan State's offense can get to 30 points. And they have not put 60 minutes together. I am going Penn State 34, Michigan State 17. And my bold prediction is Michigan State will be leading this game at halftime. Ooh, that is there bold. You go. Uh, here, here's my prediction. I think uh, Penn State is on a roll. I think Michigan State, I don't want to say they've packed it in, but I'm just not sure they're crazy about anything about being there. I think they'll look forward to get back on that bus and back on the plane and get themselves home and just finish up this season. For Penn State, this, my predicted score is 42-10. to 10. They may have that slow start, the first possession or two, but then I think it will happen for them. It won't, it won't wait till after half. And now for my bold prediction, it's all about Sean Clifford, final appearance at Beaver Stadium. It's not going to be a huge crowd there because it's Thanksgiving weekend and the students are off, but Sean Clifford will get a nice, warm welcome when they are introduced. He's going to play a good game. And then Andy, James Franklin is not going to do it between series. He's going to pull Sean Clifford off the field so he could get a round of applause as Drew Aller goes in the game. That's my bold prediction. And that's it for our show. Thank you all for listening. And be sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands, as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching the game with friends or by the campfire, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. New Trail's Hoppy Pack is an absolute crowd pleaser. Packed with four different hoppy beers, it's sure to please everyone. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. 
truststatecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. We specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at techresults.com. That's T-E-K results.com. Or give us a call at 814-206-0000.